Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. And this episode also brought to you by Studio.com. Want some great Bluetooth earbuds or headphones? Check out Studio.com. Use code Wookie at checkout for 15% off your entire purchase. episode of Wookie Radio. It's a special roundtable, or I think as we're going to start calling it, a gathering of the Smugglers Alliance. Ooh. Um, bring back a little EU to, <laughs> to our world. Uh, of course, it is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike, and our resident scoundrel, John Tyler Christopher. And we're, Thank you for having me, man. And we are joined by Stephen from the Rocco Depot Alliance. Uh, Jeremy from the Neverland Alliance, Dale well, from Neverland podcast, but that's <laughs> uh, an alliance here for well, the sake okay. of this show. <laughs> awesome. We were an alliance of lost boys and pixies. Dale from network 1901 Alliance. And <laughs> as soon as we can figure out how to get them on, we will be adding Jim from the Falcons lounge Alliance. So we're going to get right to it. Solo. We're not going to recap it. This is just us to discuss our feelings and thoughts in regards to the film. Um, I guess we could go ahead and get the the big one out of the room or off the list, however we want to do it. First off, despite box office numbers, going around the the circle here, um, f- failure or success in your in your eyes? I mean, great film, horrible film, worth being considered a failure. Um, I guess we'll, I'll start with, with John since he just saw it. Yeah, I, uh, I literally just got out of the theater an hour ago, so I haven't had too much of a chance to kind of process everything. But uh, my gut reaction was I, I actually loved it. Um, it was, without getting too deep into it, I felt it was one of the more Star Wars-y Star Wars movies I've seen in quite a while. And I really did. I, I really liked it. Okay. What about you, Stephen? I loved it. Uh, I thought it was a success. And, you know, the way I see it, if you look at it and compare it to Marvel, it's like a Doctor Strange or an Ant-Man movie. You know, it's not the Avengers type episodic film. And if you look at the numbers, it's actually pretty much the same. I, as far as box office, I, I'll agree with you with the with the Ant Man because uh, that that was one that for Marvel was a surprise that no one expected. Um, and I think outside of all the reshoots that had to be done, Solo could have been the same way financially. But I mean, comparison wise, I I agree. I think Solo is that Ant Man. Um, Jeremy, yeah, I actually have uh, some fun story uh with my viewing of solo i mean the build-up to it i was already excited i love the idea of having some adventures with han solo and chewy 
that's already exciting. You've already got me interested. Uh, at common conventions I was at, they had uh, – I think it's from the Ain't It Cool News or whatever. A bunch of different people came together having a thing, looking at trailers. And going into this, there was people who were like, well, I don't know who asked for this. We don't really want this. So to have all this negativity already going in and for having it to do at least $100 million, which as far as the movie goes, that's successful. And I even enjoyed it despite halfway through the movie, about the time we got to the Millennium Falcon, the firelights and alarms started going off in the theater I was at. And we got interrupted and had to evacuate from the theater, stand around outside in a, in a bit of a mild rain while the fire department showed up to go and investigate. We go back into our theater and you know the movie's advanced a little bit and we have a freeze frame. We sit there in a freeze frame for about 20, 30 minutes and then they finally back it up to where, you know about 10 minutes before we had actually left and then resume the movie from there. So I've got kind of a fractured version of watching it. But even then, I had a good time. The, the point of Star Wars is supposed to just be fun. And I had fun. That's all I really asked for. There's only one character I thought was a little flat that I think L3 was supposed to have been funny, but I thought it was stupid. I kind of you know responded with Lando every time she'd say something. Lando would kind of roll, her, roll his eyes. I was with Lando rolling my eyes like, droids normally are, are charming and entertaining. This is just grouchy the whole time, but it makes sense, though, you know, in the in the aspects, though, when they install her into the Falcon that, oh, yeah, I remember now 3PO talking about, I don't know where your your ship learned to communicate, but, uh, you know, so I can understand, oh, we wanted to have this this droid that's maybe a little bit grouchy, a little bit of a pain in the neck to become the Falcon's voice where 3PO is trying to communicate with later and has a hard time. It kind of made sense. But uh, so overall, yes, a lot of fun, not perfect. I still like Rogue One better. But I'd say overall, as far as movies go, it's still successful. It's not like box office gold compared to like Infinity War, but it's still a good movie. What about you, Dell? Yeah, well, I think that, again, obviously on the scope of Star Wars films, it's a failure for Lucasfilm and Disney. And like they're in the billion dollar movie business. They're not in the four hundred million dollar movie business. And so I think that's a disappointment for them. But as a film itself, it is so successful in many ways. And it does what you would want a sh- uh, like a film like this to do, because you're basically turning Star Wars into a TV show. <laughs> like, And so you need episodes and videos and films and things that happen that connect it to other things and kind of make it better as it goes along and creates a whole saga of events that like you like sometimes you're into it when you're reading a book, sometimes you're into a storyline uh, more than another one. That just is the case, right? Like, and, and that's okay. Um, uh, I, I do. I'm, I'm curious though about why, why everyone is so uh, uh, needs to bring up Leet or L three three seven. I because she's I, the new Jar Jar. <laughs> Well, well, okay. Well, we we could get to we could get to that here in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim, your opinion, Han Solo, outside of with the numbers, outside of the numbers, in your opinion, failure, success. Well, I think I think realistically, I think it is. I think it's a success as far as a good film. Um, I think it has a lot of good merits. I think it adds a lot of backstory. Um, you know, adds, you know, some of the flavor that I think we've all been looking for in a good Star Wars film. And I think it really, you know, has created kind of a, uh, uh, you know, a, a good tapestry of, of all the stories that we've heard throughout all this, you know, throughout all the other films, but never quite got to see it. 
um, you know, uh, I don't think it's a success commercially um, because, uh, again, you know, I, I, we had a conversation about this, you know, with some other friends that basically said that, you know, well, who wanted it? Well, you know, it's really the fans that are, I think really wanted it. And I think we've, you know, I think a lot of the fans, like I loved it. I like, you know, had to go see it twice, wanted to go see it, really was getting into it, really enjoyed it. My boys enjoyed it. You know, you know, we had a good time. Um, and I think it's a really good, solid film. Problem is, is that commercially, you know, you know, who wants to see it? Fans do. So fans will go and see it. And then there's others that are just be like, well, I don't want to see it because, you know, it's done by Richie Cunningham. And, you know, I, I don't really want to go and see, you know, Han Solo because, you know, only uh, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. And, you know, you get that. And and that was awesome. I love it. <laughs> and and well, there, there was another great. I, I read a great little story byline, and they said, you know, the author basically came out and said, "Listen, you, you know, Han Solo is a good film. You know, I really enjoyed it. Really had a great time. You know, I'm kind of paraphrasing here." But then they said, well, you know, what are the reasons? Why is it failing? Why is it not doing so good at the box office? And one of the points that they brought up was that it is uh, – some of it is that Ryan Johnson hangover from The Last Jedi and that a lot of people have been turned off by that. And they're like boycotting everything that is Han Solo, you know, anything that is Star Wars, Disney Star Wars, that kind of stuff. Um, some of that I agree with and others, I'm like, you know – not so much, but there is kind of a truthful element in there. And I think, you know, you know, while I think the film brought a lot of good stuff, I think it also brings some of that, that negative connotation, you know, that, that negative baggage with other films. I, I think you brought up a couple of points that we'll touch on, but one that I want to kind of go next direction. And my dog has no say in this. I'm just saying that right now. Um and I, I'm going to just toss this out there and whoever jumps in first does knowing that there was the change of directors, some of the issues, a, a bunch of reshoots. Did that affect how you might have perceived the film going in? And then how did it affect you knowing all that as you came out? So that actually happens a lot. We just don't always hear about it. But, you know, rewrites are constant. Change in direction happens ever, all the time, especially when they want to make a film right. To me, when I saw the changes happening, I was like, well, somebody doesn't like the direction it's going. They want to make the best film they possibly can. So they're making decisions to make that film that much better. So when I see a change of director or maybe a change of writer, I'm thinking, ah, there must have been something they didn't like. They want to make this film as good. They're going to try to fix it. So I always get a little excited, like, oh, they're really putting in some effort to try to make sure this film is good. So changing a few cooks around doesn't bother me because, like I said, it happens all the time. I think even the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had a few change ups. I think even Ant-Man, didn't it change up like three different times? So, oh, yeah. yeah, it happens. Right. And and that like with Edgar Wright, who's very like appreciated yeah. person, too. Right. Like we all yeah. love Edgar Wright. You know, everyone else you could kind of explain away. But Edgar Wright, you're like, what do you mean? Like you didn't know what type of movie Edgar Wright was going to make? Like, 
Okay. Well, that's also, if you remember, go back to Rogue One. They did the same thing without re- actually removing the director because, mm-hmm. um, well, it was Gareth Edwards actually was smart. Enough, and it looks like from behind the scenes, Gareth Edwards was smart enough to stand back, let them. Um, it was Edwards on that one, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Yes. He was smart enough to stand back and let them recraft the movie he had made mm-hmm. without um, making too much waves. And they let him stay in charge, um, like behind the scene or be, yeah. well, while they actually changed the movie and fixed it the way they wanted it. The difference here is Lord and Miller, there was no, they could not leave them there. Right. Right. I need a pause real quick. Hold on, guys. Yeah, I think the main thing when when making these films is remembering that everybody is on the same team. Everybody on that set wants to make a good film. Yeah. So you just have to learn to trust each other. They did do it on The Force Awakens as well, right? They hired Michael Arndt to write all the story in the film and then replaced him as well, right? Like they Mm – it's kind of like they want to bring guys in for specific reasons, but maybe overpromise them. They kind of give do like the startup mentality. We're like, yeah, you'll be the CEO in no time. And you're like, oh, sweet. And you're like, no, you're fired. What? Um, <laughs> now, well, yeah. a lot so of people. Like, byproduct yeah. of kind of like the modern way movies yeah. are made, right? Like you're not being asked to make a movie. You're basically being asked to make a chapter of, of a larger yeah. story. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure for a lot well, of our tour style directors, that's probably a, a challenging thing to go back from I'm making Shaun of the Dead, for mm-hmm. example, versus no, no, it's got to fit an Ant-Man tonality has to fit within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's very like it's a difficult thing to, to wrap your head around. But I mean, again, I think it's one of those where it's like, that's the future of movies, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Going I think to- the other the other thing is nowadays you you're we're aware of every little detail about the making of the movie, mm-hmm. whereas in the past, now with social media and everything, every time they switch pencils, we know about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. The, the, let me let me spin off a, a sub question then, uh, or sub topic on this question. Um, a little tangent, like we typically do. Oh, <laughs> not Is so called chasing a Wookiee. No, chasing a rabbit. <laughs> um, not not including or. Excluding social media, is the internet hurting the way we are potentially viewing movies or in our case with yes this topic yeah the way we yes. are viewing yes. star wars yes yes we're, we're yeah. all a part of the problem yeah <laughs> now now the fandom is more connected because like I, I remember like episode one i first saw it i liked it and i actually still kind of like episode one it's not that bad but yeah, suddenly yeah, you don't I, have yeah, to defend yeah, yourself everybody tells you i'm supposed to hate right. it right and there was so no one to tell me that, that, that i was that supposed to hate these characters pressure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the last jedi i think that might have <laughs> happened with that you know because overall last jedi i still enjoyed that movie it was it was deep oh, yeah. it was fun but i get on the internet and everybody tells me i'm supposed to hate it and i'm like no i'm you know i'm not gonna hate it just because you do and so no yeah exactly the, the last jedi had a lot of problems but i think yeah it wasn't perfect but i enjoyed it a lot of the problems i hear people make are because they were overhyped for the film <laughs> and they didn't they didn't get the movie they felt they were owed by the internet right. and youtube videos like who is how many videos are there on who was Snoke? And at right. the end of the day, oh, yeah. Yes. I just, made one. It was, my first, <laughs> big, it was like yeah. my first big video that I love that though. I love that they, they just killed him off and didn't tell yeah. us. Yeah, I loved it too. That, that was, was the thing. In a nutshell, you know? Yeah. Uh, so as a whole. One of the but, things I loved about Solo, because I, I actually went into this movie expecting to hate it. The trailers I thought looked awful. Um Yeah, I wasn't into it. I, I just See, the trailers it. are what got me excited for it. I was yeah. indifferent before that. Yeah, and no, I, I was not excited at all. And to watch it what I really appreciated about it 
Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from somebody who saw it an hour ago, but like, it was a space romp. Um, yeah. It was much more in the veins yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think Guardians might have actually even hurt, you talk about box office, because Star-Lord is the new Han Solo. And yeah. I wonder how much Chris Pratt's just, you know, Ford-like magnetism might have kind of deterred people from, and you know, honestly, I don't, I forget the name of the actor who played Solo in this movie. Alden Eldridge or something? There you Alden go. Alden Ehrenreich. 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 Okay. Ehrenreich. I knew um, it was Alden. Okay. Yeah, well, so I want to go to the one person who's probably listened to the most Star Wars podcasts in a week. That's Steven. <laughs> um, your feel from other podcasts, um, and this is going to be one of the few times I'm going to reference other podcasts, but between them and and the fans that you're seeing online, social media, is there the feel that, I mean, what what's the impact of what the fans feel they're owed going into a Star Wars film, be it Last Jedi, be it Solo, um, and the impressions you're getting from the podcast world and the responses from their listeners of are the fans truly right that they're owed and there's that sense of entitlement or are the fans wrong? I don't know if it's so much the subsect of fandom that's got this whole thing that they're owed anything. I think that's a much smaller segment of fandom. Um, I think the bigger one is expectations. Everybody had that big, long build-up to Episode Eight, where they had their fan theories going, and they had these ideas that, and when Ryan Johnson didn't do anything they thought was going to happen, they didn't like it because it wasn't the direction they wanted things to go. Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with the people who had problems and issues with it. Um, I mean, as far as the podcasts and stuff go out there, I mean, you've got podcasts that are for it, podcasts that are against it. It, it, They're all across the board. There's not really a consensus anywhere on anything. It's kind of like business as usual, really, because there's never a a unified thing here with Star Wars. Everybody's got their own personal preferences. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I want to make sure that I I also don't want to come off like I'm blaming anybody, because to me, the fans – their expectation of we've waited how many ever years to watch Luke Skywalker go out and they wanted it to be big and awesome. They had a right to want that and they weren't given that. And I can understand why in certain things they might be frustrated. But on the same token, The Last Jedi worked. And I think with Solo, what was interesting was because I'll say right off the bat, like I never asked for a Han Solo movie like this was not a movie I was like clamoring for. So I think my expectations for it were I, I I don't know if people were as like invested in it because I mean, now they had the EU, but I I guess I just don't think people were, I didn't see as many, again, YouTube videos or discussion on, Oh man, what is this? Oh, what, you know, we just kind of chalked up the Kessel run. It's this thing. And we're, and I thought their explanation of it was, I was more than happy with it. We talked about last week um, with, I just forgot where I was going. (laughs) Trying to steer the ship or be one of the three pilots of the ship tonight. Well, um, and we're got, about to hit an iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can well, try to get away from I've hit the iceberg. Um, have any of the rest of you heard the possible theory 
that um because it's obvious that the marketing kind of failed on this yeah that, something uh, waited right, till yeah, the yeah. end of the um, last jedi till it's out of the theaters and until all the last jedi stuff was done to then start marketing this didn't work obviously mm. now what now have you guys heard the theory that um someone in disney may have intentionally started the marketing late because everything they've made in the last five years has earned them bank. They need something to be a negative to, for the tax man. Something similar to um, John Carpenter. Yeah, no, John, John Carpenter did have someone who just didn't like the project. John Carter, did yeah, John Carter. Because John well, Carter was a really John Carter, movie. yes. That was totally uh, mismanaged. Yeah, and it's a good movie. movie. Yeah, it, it's great. I don't like, I don't it had a very I had firsthand experience knowing what their expectation is of every single movie that comes out. They did not want a bomb. Yeah. No. Right. Like, oh, I don't. I, yeah. don't think, I don't think they're going to necessarily get a bomb. I think it'll make its money back. But I, I, I think the reason why it came out so early wasn't because they they wanted it to. It was because they they needed to because you're gonna go up against Frozen Frozen Two come Christmas time and it's just gonna be yeah you're probably not gonna get as far as you would you know the kids are just gonna go crazy for that thing rather than another let it go I'm excited for Frozen more Frozen but I mean as far as from a marketing perspective I think that's the reason why it came out in May rather than wait wait until the normal time slot which is that December time frame where all the rest of the movies went okay well we we know traditionally Star Wars, Star Wars was May with yeah, the original yeah, trilogy yeah. and even yeah, with the, the prequels. Yeah. Um, more than that, I would say Star Wars shouldn't have to worry about when it's released because it should be able to just have a draw. Like that's the yeah. thing that is bank the yeah. thing you're supposed to bank on with Star Wars. Very true. And it and this has shown them that that isn't the case and you can do it wrong. And so I think that's like a, an okay lesson because I think that you turned it again a, a very enjoyable film into a failure and that's a concern when you're working with a product like Star Wars. Well, now, Infinity War, Deadpool 2. I mean, yeah. Wow. And and especially it being like let's just be honest, these side stories are not part of the main story. And I know they like they don't necessarily view it in that capacity, but they do to a certain extent or they have to understand that at least the audience is going to view these yeah, Star Wars Star Wars stories, quote unquote, as a little bit of a different experience and Again, man, I don't think anyone – they were expecting Infinity Wars to do bank. I don't know if they were expecting it to be like the cultural phenomenon, especially <laughs> so far after Black Panther. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it's obscene how much money those movies are making. And Deadpool 2, man, Still, I mean, yeah. that is – that's huge as well. So – to, there's, I think there's also an element of fatigue that the audience has when it comes to these movies and fatigue meaning like just we've been to the theater now twice it's $50 every time we go I'm right. curious mm-hmm. I, th- I think Solo is going to do a lot better on home video yeah. because I think the, yeah. the, the yeah. common consensus I've heard is like everyone saying that's like man that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be Yeah, mm-hmm. now, I'm living proof of that right now yeah because it, it wasn't a perfect movie but it's a good time I mean it's yeah. it's one thing it's like we were talking about The Last Jedi and how that, that took everything that we were maybe expecting and we didn't get what we were expecting we got a completely different movie so i was constantly being surprised by it han solo i've heard it called safe because we didn't get really any surprises we kind of got what we expected and it was very predictable but it was a heck of a lot of fun going along with it so don't go expecting an oscar performance or anything other than maybe donald glover should get an oscar because holy (laughs) crap he was billy williams (laughs) give that if there's an oscar for being able to take up a character from somebody else and make you not you know make you forget that that's not the original actor that guy was awesome 
But, you know, it's just fun because Star Wars is all supposed to be, you know, George Lucas said he made this for 12-year-olds. You know, they're supposed to just go in there. You have a good time. You don't have to overly think. You just get your popcorn, your candy, your soda, and, and enjoy it. And really, that's what Solo is. It's just fun. You're going right. to have a good time, and it's it's not going to be something that you're going to be like, oh, this should be at the Oscars. No, it's just that was great. I had a good time. I think we should watch it again because yeah. of my candy. Yeah. Now, yeah. Well, playing devil's advocate, what if the movie, instead of coming out in May, came out in August? Would it have potentially been a slightly better success? I was about to go that direction, too, Possibly, because if you yeah. look at this summer, this summer is very much front-loaded. you yeah, got yeah. Avengers, typical, Deadpool, though. and Star Wars have already come out. All that's left for summer is we have um, this month, what, next week, I think, is um, Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2. That's all this after. month. Mm-hmm. And in July, all there is is Ant-Man and Wasp. That's it. There's nothing else this summer for giant tentpole movies. They never put movies in August, though. Yeah, except for if they think they don't, they're like, well, this might go good for a summer movie, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen. They'll save it for August, but then they get surprises, like Guardians of the Galaxy was one of those late summer type of things because they weren't sure oh, yeah. how we were going to react to it. So, And that happens. I think Ant-Man was even a late one, but they'll they'll kind of hang on to it and say, well, we want something in that time spot around late, you know, when the kids are right before they go to school, around late summer to try to get out there that we think might be big, but we're not sure, you know, so it doesn't yeah. get a lot of okay. hype, but sometimes really good movies come out at that time. Okay. So then instead of August or about late July, since I I can't speak for the rest of the country. I can speak for Florida. We return. My daughter returns back to school August 13th. I know when I lived in New York, so I can speak on this. It's after Labor Day. It's it's that week after Labor Day. You go back to school. Um, (laughs) Would would late July be better than August? That way you can no. still get that last hurrah before kids go back to school. No, I think I think the summer I think the summer months are kind of it's kind of a bummer for most movies. I, I I still think they should have originally just kept it back in December. You know, put it back right in that kind of that time slot, and I think you would have gotten a, a much bigger audience. Uh, Memorial Day weekend's a tough weekend, anyways, because yeah. you know everybody wants to run out, everyone wants to go do this, go do that, and it still did a pretty good showing for a long weekend. But you needed that extra day just to get the the bodies and the you know the the butts in the seat so to speak but i think they should have just kept it out pushed it back to the like the december time frame who the hell cares about frozen but just go up <laughs> yeah. against it because you, you i mean you're you're you know hey you can send the girls over to see frozen and you know hey dad can go over and watch solo yeah. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't think Frozen Two is this year because Wreck-It Ralph Two is actually being released in November. Yes. So that will be the tentpole Disney film, not oh, Frozen okay. Two. Oh, yeah. Frozen Two, I think, those the year after. It's it's start it's starting to become uh, for Disney the the big tentpole <laughs> animated Disney film is coming out around Thanksgiving. Yes. And yeah. the Which Pixar because that's the way in the, in like Beauty and the Beast and like well Little Mermaid I think was about the same time too but and then, I don't and know then I have Pixar, memories of that. And then the Pixar films are coming out yeah. um, in the spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Poor Disney has too many major IPs that they're just starting to 
Yeah. Yeah. Swimming in the yeah, cash, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah poor yeah. Disney. Well, back to the possibility of moving Solo around. Um, I'm thinking maybe where it's at now may actually benefit it on the long run. Because you got to think, this is going to be in theaters until late August. And the buzz that the fan community, some of us are actually getting out there saying, hey, this is not that bad. This has, So you have enough time for actually people to get a t- chance to go out to see it, possibly. This may be a, a late bloomer almost. I, well, I don't. I don't see it in the theaters past July Fourth weekend. No, yeah. but what I what I do see up here up, up this way is is the uh, the drive-ins. Like yeah. it's it, yeah. it, it's been on the drive-ins big time up this uh, way. Yeah. So you know a lot of the drive local drive-ins around here, which they're not as many as there used to be, but um, you know all the ones are playing double features with with Deadpool too. So why or wouldn't you Avengers want to go see around here? Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. So why would we you want to go with see, Avengers here? Yeah, why would you want to go see Avengers in Solo or Deadpool in Solo? I mean that that's just you know double fun. Uh, you know, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. at at this point it doesn't. They've missed it. They've missed success already. It doesn't matter really in the end what they do. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Like it, it. It. They failed the opening two weekends. Like that's mm. <laughs> right. You, even they're still number one, but they failed f- to themselves financially. Right. Ob- right. Obviously below expectations. So. Well, yeah. But they were going the, up against like, tighten expectations. Well, walking yeah. out of the movie, yeah. one of the gut reactions I had was. Man, this would have been like the whenever they launched their digital service, this would have been a perfect movie yeah. to release as opposed to in, in theaters. Like it just I keep going back to the fact that like no one I know asked to see a Han Solo movie. No. Right. Like, sure, they, they, yeah. It's very similar, like even like all the hype about, you know, there's there's talk of the Boba Fett and everything, and it's just like people know I think that they're starting to get wise to the fact that it's like this movie can't live up to the expectations in my head. Right. I have I know who Han Solo is. I love Han Solo. And I was like, if this movie would have been released on a Disney streaming service, it would have been huge. And it then would have had the opportunity to build that audience based on referral and word of mouth. But right. I think could have been, would have been considered a massive success on a platform like that. Well, and, and also with the end of Solo, are we supposed to now – when are we getting the follow-up to that st- that plot, that story plot that we dropped at the end of Solo? Spoilers alert? Is it are, are we allowed spoilers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, we, so, we, yeah. Spoiled we spoiled last week. Doing, what are you doing with yeah. like Darth Maul and Han Solo? Like, is, is, does, Han, does Han Solo – but so when am I going to see that again? Like in well, five Han years? Han Solo is supposed to get a sequel. Right? Yeah, like, but I don't think perfect. Darth Maul is in the Dar- the sequel. Uh, I talked about it here last week. One, Darth Maul, I don't think sets up Obi Wan because, because if you watch Rebels, Darth Maul anymore. If you he's watch Darth Rebels, Maul. yeah. But he, if you watch, if you see Rebels, Maul has always not be seen Darth Maul to me. But <laughs> Obi Wan and Maul had not seen each other since way True. back in the, before the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Maul has nothing to do with that. Solo, we we know Han Solo and Chewie are heading to Tatooine. Right. So the Maul stuff has nothing to do with them. I'm thinking it sets up the. Um, either the Ryan Johnson's trilogy of movies, or it's going to set up um, the two Game of Thrones guys series of movies. One of those, yeah. one of those is going to be a Crimson Dawn um, or a Crimson Sun, whichever. It was Crimson, Crimson Sun, Dawn. wasn't it? Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Dawn. Okay, it'll be a Crimson Dawn series. It'll be about the underworld and Luke Skywalker for years. We're going to get Dash Luke. Rendar and Sizor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black I'm Sun so in excited. there. Do it all. Or, awesome. or it might not even be in a movie. They could do it on like the John. Favreau series that's coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember too. You know, they they've said there's 50 hours worth of script for Star Wars Underworld just sitting locked up somewhere. That, oh yeah, that can make an appearance yeah. on the streaming service as well. Well, I think I think, I think 
I think the solo movie was great because it has little segues all throughout the film that allow you to actually make these little series. And, uh, you know, a conversation that we had was that multiple multiple points in, in Solo have, like, little segues that you could go and put it on that new digital streaming service that Disney's coming out with. And, like, you can go to town, like, kind of like a Netflix kind of thing. Yeah. And just, you know, make the whole series all one shoot, like a movie, but then just segment it up. Right. And, and put it out there and let everybody eat it up, because I think... I think people would really, really love that. Now, I think I well, just I want to say one thing about Solo, just to like say one more positive thing about the this movie because um, I think that we underestimate how awesome it is that they gave us a movie about Han Solo in one film and gave us as many moments as the prequels tried to do for Darth Vader, <laughs> and <laughs> like it explained everything you ever had to one had to know about Han Solo in one film. It was like fantastic that way, and it actually wrote it in a way that would make sense to a story. Like you know, right. like it wasn't perfect, but like they did. They took everything you would want to know. Like they again, they even explained why the Millennium Falcon is the way it is. Like they, I didn't even really think about that, and then I was like, oh, that's I guess a great thing to think about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, pretty I, cool. I really appreciated back like my space romp when yeah. doing it. Like I love that it didn't make it these cornerstones of the Star Wars universe as to what these things are. Like it was very like small like the yeah. his breaking the kessel run didn't save the galaxy it was right. literally him being a, a jerk right, yeah. way to make a quick buck yeah <laughs> try to yeah. get his girl back <laughs> everything wasn't on the line and that was okay yeah like yeah. I loved, it was a smaller movie i, I yeah. really i i really enjoyed that but it did it was a smaller movie which is great but it did have some big impacts kind of unseen impacts like the whole the whole thing with Emphis Nest, and uh, and and even um, the Darth Maul thing and everything. Those are all mm-hmm. things that will have impacts that kind of spread out like ripples in a pond. But it was in in itself, it was a small film, which was what was good. But I think one of those characters, maybe we'll get something more of Emphis Nest and all that. Maybe we'll get right. another a series, something yeah. to kind of expand on some of these extra characters we got to meet. So yeah, and more or even too. some games. I would like to have yep. some more games that even that fall into canon uh, because you know, we we were promised for a long time they had that Star Wars game. I forgot what we were calling it, but it was supposed 13, to be thirteen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. Take some of this underground stuff in this criminal empire and put it into a game. Yeah. You know, and and let us play with it because you know we star wars is also a great area for toys and games and i want to see something better than what we've gotten from ea in the battlefront series yeah. <laughs> also get on this shadows of the empire remake <laughs> yeah we yeah. basically are describing yeah. we want shadows of the empire <laughs> <laughs> yeah really <laughs> I never did finish that game. <laughs> they didn't need to kill the conversation. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Everyone's just like, yeah, I actually, no, I actually really I, 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 slipped, game. I slipped into Brawl producer mode for a second. And everybody just sit back and just suck it. We're all reminiscing about yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we all just started playing the game. We're, we're, yeah. we're going to get Prince Ziesel well, back in one of them with Black uh, Sun. One thing I didn't notice anybody talking about, the one thing that Solo has done is the first time out of all of the four films that have come out since Disney's owned it, it's the first one to actually be released on time. <laughs> all the, the other three were all pushed back. They were all supposed to be released in May, all yeah. four of them. 
Yep. Yeah. And Solo actually made it on time, which actually maybe what, like we said, what may be hurting it a little bit because it's so close to the um, the Last Jedi. But that may be well, one of the major reasons why they didn't push it. Maybe it is the beginning of them trying to reboot getting into May because it's like a schedule spot that they wanted to, and yeah. unfortunately, uh, Han Solo became like the bearer of that, the brunt of that. But you yeah. kind of look yeah. at Star Wars on a greater picture, on a greater scale, right? Yeah, that makes sense because maybe I'm they want to put kids movies there and they do want to stop competing against themselves yeah Yeah, probably i'm interested to see now it's going to be um episode nine is not coming out till next december so it's going to be almost a year and a half now so i'm interested to see what that time frame does for for star wars you know like if solo was too close to last jedi then it's going to be a while until we get episode nine yeah everyone's going to go crazy yeah so maybe all you know, maybe all the hatred will die down a little. And well, you gotta think with the prequels, everybody um, like loves to bash on the prequels on um, episode one, two, three, and it seems like um, the having the two, two and a half years, three years between them actually helped it because when people yeah. would have problems with it, that would start to die down and it would actually start to build again or build actual anticipation for the next movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, we all need, need to decompress it, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we that, really were really like building we all, up to that. Yeah. We wanted to see Anakin yeah. turn and how that was going to yeah. happen. Because yeah. yeah. I think that's like, because the I, I really didn't like uh, Attack of the Clones. That's the only one of the prequels that really fell flat for me because the love story just didn't work. I was more interested in what Obi Wan was, was doing. In Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. But then yeah, between R two and three PO. Oh yeah, those trailers for when Episode three had this little clips of the conversation with Palpatine and Anakin. I was already hooked. I was like, oh, we're gonna get to see him seduce him to the dark side so i was already just i don't know if it had anything to do with the, you know having to wait but just having the right story content will hype me up so yeah. i don't know if it's years that make a difference but mm. having just that well, it's a little bit of time yeah yeah well, I, think, yeah I think we also got spoiled by by rogue one i mean I, I don't think anybody had any real big expectations for rogue one because it because it was such a weird right. little like plug-in story and we just happened to get it in between you know you know uh uh, you know the the uh seven and eight so you know what kind of you know what were they expecting to get out of it all all of a sudden here you have this really great movie really great story and you know did awesome at the box office and no one had any good you know big expectations for it and it just it it shined through and so I think I think now everybody's expecting everything to kind of be like that, you know. You know, every every midway movie is supposed to be super awesome. So you're still really getting two sto- you know, two years between each, you know, there's major a, segment. And there's a lot of people out there who even try to claim that the Last Jedi was uh, considered a failure to Disney. You know what I mean? Because it didn't make 2.4 billion. You know, yeah. it's like no, that's not really quite the case. It just like. You like nothing was going to match the anticipation of Episode Seven, yeah. <laughs> right? And being so, like, "Oh my God, we got oh, Star Wars yeah. back, everybody!" Yeah, Yay, I mean, so, yeah. So sometimes the the movies that you're going to see are just not going to live up to your fan yeah, fiction. Of course. So yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, and and people just have to get kind of over it. You know, you show you yeah. off a couple of major <laughs> yeah, characters. Yeah, they do. That you love, but at the same time, you know, I understand both ends of it. I understand as a fan, do I want to see Luke Skywalker just disappear into nothing? No. But do I know that, you know, hey, he can come back as a Jedi ghost? Excellent, you know? So there's cool things, you know, 
for and against, but you know, <laughs> I you know I think him being I've who what Jedi's like projected themselves across the universe, uh, the galaxy, right, yeah, right? yeah, right, like, yeah and fought somebody, and to the point that they were like com- their mind was tricked that it was not real. Exactly. Like that is so like he like, especially that, now the that's Force more that, that Yoda died after lifting the X wing. I need to go rest. I'm old. Like, oh, I came. I came up to. The, I came. I came up with the following epiphany after a conversation about Last Jedi at work today. What oh, if boy. Luke is not actually dead? What yeah. if you know, as we saw, he was able to force project himself at crate. What if his whole time period on Octu is still also a force projection? Yeah. Um, but he touches the he touches the cows, the sea cow, and stuff. And, he, he touched and, Leia, and, and, and him and Ray yeah. fight. He touched and Leia. See, these force projections can even like because Kylo Ren got rained on. You know, there is some sort of physical property yeah. that happens when you do that. So that would be very interesting. But that would almost become like the Dallas. Oh, Jr. wasn't shot and killed. He was just dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> that, if they pull that, yeah. that's where people will get up and walk out Wait, of the theater like, oh, is that, is that, is that what happened? Yeah. My dad, my dad always watched Dallas. And I was like, this show's like lame dad. And I knew that JR got shot. And I knew like, I thought that was the end. I didn't know. Yeah, that it, was, it was a dream. It was a total dream. Oh my god, that's terrible! They ruined one of the most historic things ever. If they pull a stuff like that in Star Wars, you might have some people like, "Yay, Luke is back!" And the rest of us are going to be, "What? Does this not matter?" Oh, for yeah, anything? yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely. Protest. Problem is, it looks like this is something that that could possibly happen because um, what we've seen so far, that unlike um, we've now we've compared this to Marvel a couple times already, the there is no straight outline it looks like as of right now for star wars every director is being given okay you can tell your story in this time and wherever you go the next day i'll figure out what to do after that <laughs> yeah. okay here here you go this is my new thought and i've create crafted this just by talking to you guys uh-oh <laughs> all right it's contagious we just we just showed everyone in star wars that it is capable like in the in the the, the we're supposed to show them like in the main kind of canon not in the cartoons and stuff that darth maul guy who got cut in half uh could come back uh to life is it not possible that Star Wars Episode Nine could start with Snoke pulling himself together? Is that oh, yeah. not possible? <laughs> Even though we saw his, we saw we saw Darth Maul die. Okay, we all yeah. saw it. <laughs> but falling away. So, and 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 there's evidence of Snoke's body having been through very tough and difficult things and putting itself <laughs> back together already. Is that not? Is it not possible that he could totally be okay and had got himself? I want I want to hear Steve. Right, like like Luke could come back snoke could come back i think it's right. a matter of how much does disney want to acknowledge that either a okay guys we're sorry about the last jedi or <laughs> hey no no like- i don't even think it has to be an apology like if because it, it's not like like <laughs> sorry um what is uh my god uh creator of um oh i'm sorry guys abrams no 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 uh, last jedi uh ryan johnson. johnson sorry ryan johnson johnson, ryan johnson threw away every plot line from the force awakens and that made everyone upset um even if you like the film you still are like you you literally are
start tossing the ideas over your shoulder. <laughs> like, um, And so it's no reason why J.J. Abrams, not in vindictive way, but can do the same thing with the plot lines that he set up and really make his own film. And, and why not bring him back to life? And, like okay, have him on a show. Hux, Hux flying him in a like in a something. But may, may, maybe Stephen could possibly back me up on this, but didn't J.J. Abrams help Johnson with the writing of Last Jedi? There's conflicting reports on there. Uh, Johnson had mentioned there was some collaboration, but then again, we've also heard that there was a story treatment by J.J. Uh, Abrams that just got thrown away, and Ryan Johnson just wrote his own. Didn't yeah. even go off the story treatment, so yeah, that's what I heard. conflicting info on that one. But again, that's similar to Michael Arndt, that, which they say, they're like, oh, we took parts of his stuff, but we kind of just started from, you know, like that's not totally true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that goes back to my whole theory that um, we need like a Kevin Feige for Star Wars, where Kathy Kennedy is a great <laughs> producer. And she's an awesome president. She's not a story person. Just, she is yeah, awesome. Right. And what she's done right. with Star Wars is right. great. But she needs to bring in maybe maybe someone like Dave Filoni needs to move up to be the head of actually making sure the li- there's a through line here. I think that's what Ryan Johnson's getting. I think that's what um, uh, Ben and off and um, the guys from Game of Thrones are getting. I think like everyone's kind of getting their own little projects and who they like working with creatively and who get, is able to gain success in their medium and stuff will kind of dictate that. You know, like you're kind of almost running like mini Marvels. Well, I, well the, I, the I, thing that Star Wars has over Marvel is that uh, up until Captain Marvel actually comes out, Marvel has a very like this is we're in this one time frame. And Star Wars, between the prequels and everything else, I mean, you can do, yeah. especially with the Netflix, make a show that takes place a million years before A New Hope. You know, like, you can be <laughs> Republic. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, for all, it's weird because, you know, I, I, I question if they ever will make um, Nice of the Old Republic, but, like, you totally could do that, and it wouldn't yeah. mess up, get somebody, like, a director that's got a vision for something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, There's and, a game BioWare should be working on. It's yeah, the, I, grab the old Tales from the Jedi comics and use that as inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Where they're actually mapping hyperspace lanes. Well, you yeah. even have you even have the comics where you had, like, the alternate histories. Like, what if this one event didn't happen? What would have happened? Um, like you could just be telling Star Wars tales like that as well and just use all, everything. Just use it all. Yeah, and it's working well from – I don't know if anybody has been reading any of the Back to the Future comics. Uh, but there are actually little stories that they're fitting in little nooks and crannies within the trilogy cool. that like, oh, you know, did you ever wonder where Doc Brown got his money? Here's that story. Uh, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. What happened to old man Biff who wouldn't have known how to work the time machine? Did he go straight back to 1950s or did he end up in prehistoric times with dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. So it's all these little what ifs that they're fitting in nooks and crannies, and it's really a good comic series, by the way. But yeah, that's that's exactly what you're saying. With Star Wars, you can do that same thing. Find those nooks and crannies where you have a few millennia sometimes to just yeah. fill in some like, hey, this story could happen here in another part of the galaxy. Well, it's, yeah. it's a whole galaxy. I mean, you can yeah. have a story yeah. of a sect of Jedi that separated a million years ago that now practice the Force in different ways. Like, you can do it. The point is you can do – there's so much more freedom with Star Wars. And I think that that's one of – and I mentioned this when we talked on the Rebels roundtable that I want to see Star Wars expand, not – stay so focused on this like small group of people like right. let's see i'm excited about like a gangster story of star wars sign me oh, up yeah like and a yeah. crossover would... star trek <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of, if you think about it most of the stories we've we've watched in star trek and star wars are just like about 100 years worth of of actual history yeah you know there's not a whole lot i mean there's there's right, so yeah. much 
for thousands right. of years, front or back, you know? Right. So Yeah, it's like and, – and we don't – we know how the limitations of a timeline like that, and it's frustrating to kind of just be like, I don't want to know about this in-between period or like I just want to like kind of go out there and learn some other stuff and, and be in the universe. And, uh, you know, like I was worried about that with Game of Thrones, right? You're like, oh, no, don't do Bob's Rebellion, please. Like uh, that's too – like that's too close. I know what happens. <laughs> like like go far away and like they announced just today that like they're gonna go super far back like thousand years at the end the yeah, end of the end of the heroes uh let me yeah. let me work in this Thank quick you. plug um mention the top of the show uh studios a sponsor is sudio.com uh bluetooth earbuds and headphones uh again use the code wookie the promo code wookie for 15 percent off your entire purchase now Kim brought up Kevin Feige and wouldn't the story group technically be Kevin Feige for Star Wars? And, I think and, it should be. From what I've been reading, and, I mean, from what I've been reading with the, the sto- making of books and stuff like that and hearing in interviews, the story group we hear about, uh, like the core members that aren't changing, they really don't influence the stories a lot with the movies. It feels like mm. they let the directors and the writers of these films go wherever they want and whenever they feel like it they touch base with the story group about like names and stuff like that okay I but mean, uh, as but far I as mean, overall they, story direction they're not fulfilling that role right now but i remember from celebration last year the marvel panel that G- jtc was on um, it, there was a member from Story Group there, and anything I, I'm assuming covers as well. And you can correct me on this: anything Marvel does has to go through Story Group. Yes, just absolutely has to and be approved. So I would assume potentially the movies would have to do the same thing. That may be the difference between what they consider ancillary materials, which um, for them, they may see the comic books and the books and that type of thing as um, a lower importance than the straight on movies. Then they, they put the movies at the top tier and say, you know what? The movies can do whatever they want. We'll make everything else fit that. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's no different Instead than like of, Star, Star Trek earlier, like, right? Like the TV show, everything had to work around what they did in the TV show. Yeah. Um, and I think with Star Wars, like, yeah, it's, it's dude, it's, of course, man, those movies make bank, right? So the comics are in the, in the novelizations and the novels are, are not as highly regarded in the, you know, the hierarchy of Star Wars and then it should, as it should be. But I think that what they're doing with like, with what Ryan Johnson did was, I find it hard to believe they just let them go carte blanche. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I could be proven wrong. I'm not sitting in on movie groups. Yeah. See, I, I think to, to back up my point though, is, in Solo, L3 drops the line to Lando. You couldn't make it to Black Spire without me. Yeah. What was announced two days later at Galactic Nights mm-hmm. here at Walt Disney World? Mm-hmm. The name of the village that's on Batu at Galaxy's Edge is yeah. called Black Spire Outpost. To say story groups not that stuff didn't have to go through story group, how how would Howard See, or that, or Lord and Taylor have gotten that bit of information? Yeah, if it wasn't already discussed from story group and established. I think those Star, War, at, I think those Star Wars films have had to, yeah. but I think Ryan Johnson got he got his own. He wrote he wrote it and he directed it, which is the only one to do since George Lucas. He um, he even submitted music to John Williams. 
millions of how he wanted the score done. And like, and like even would use sample score for John Williams. Everyone talks about how, oh, he's a really nice guy. It's strange how controlling he is. And so he got to make exactly the film he wanted to make. I have no question in my mind about that. And and I think that in some ways that they liked it, but it was also a reaction to maybe they didn't like people having that much control. So they're letting a talented person go have control over something. And that's good to work with with him. But over their other stuff, um, they're they're get They want to institute that story group mentality from Marvel. Then then should one example of an interjection with Last Jedi was that compass they gave Luke. I mean, they got that from a video game and somebody said, hey, let's squeeze that into the movie. So that would have been story groups stepping in. But it's a small thing. You know, it's not a big thing. Yeah. It's not actually affecting the story. It's affecting everything around the story. Same thing with Black Spire. That had nothing to do with the story of Solo. It was a one liner that they were put in there that didn't affect the story. It's the minutiae. Yeah. Yeah. Then should story. And and that's universe building, which we just asked for. Right. Should, Mm -hmm. Should story group take on more of a Kevin Feige type role with as, as they are with the comics and the novels should they be doing that with the movies and any potential TV series going forward I think I think the reality you have to see is though like it's all about clout right I mean from what my understanding whatever Disney saw with Ryan Johnson stuff got all the executives and everyone so excited they offered him three movies on his own yeah before it even came out yeah, yeah. and if you've got it's like Tom Cruise right like we can sit here and be like actors don't have any say in how a movie is directed. Tom Cruise says like, I want to do this. They do it. And maybe they just had a lot of faith in Ryan Johnson and they gave him certain uh, leniencies that they might not give other directors. You never know, man. I mean, how this works. I I can guarantee you the game of Thrones guys are going to be able to have, do a lot of stuff that other directors would not have the opportunity to because game of Thrones makes a ton of money and they want that money. I also think, though, that directors have to have a certain kind of level of creativity. I mean, you got the story group, you know, people who keep everything in check, who make sure that, you know, all your, you know, I's are dotted and T's are crossed, make sure that, you know, you know, every holocron is in the right position. But I think overall, I think if you tell a director, oh, no, you, you have to do whatever these guys say, then it's kind of like, well, you know, where do I, you know, have a little fun? You know, this is this is a big universe. I'm, I'm kind of got a broad canvas here. I can, you know, kind of paint what I want to see. Sure, you have to make sure you're using the right color palette, but at the same time, you make the picture. They just make sure that you make it within, you know, a certain spectrum. Yeah, yeah. But I think you could also run into the comic book problem with that, right, where you just get like you can also get too lore heavy and there's no jumping in point points anymore. And uh, like mm-hmm. like how, you know, like it's, what, 616 and the ultimate universe and then uh, and like let alone DC having to yeah. reboot. Uh, right. Like you get into that problem when you take all of these characters and you like play around with their mythos all the time. So you need guidance. Otherwise, it's like, oh, hey, in the last three movies, we didn't mention the Avengers that's coming out in tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Like when you can't do that. (laughs) I I think what going back to the Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams discussion. And again, I have have no insight on any of this, but like J.J. Abrams is notorious for putting like clues and hints and things in his movies. And I would be shocked to find out again that Ryan Johnson had the Like, if J.J. had this massive plan for Snoke, for example, I can't 
fathom Disney would be like, yeah, Ryan, we love your script. Go ahead and kill him, even though that was meant to be paid off in some capacity. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not directionless yeah. on this stuff. Yeah, like, they have a they have a Star Wars Bible like they like they follow <laughs> like, yeah. you know, J.J. Abrams isn't the director. Like it wasn't a surprise that J.J. Abrams was the, the last director. Like he's the executive producer of all the films as well. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe it's like those stories you used to do in high school where you would write one chapter, you'd give it to your buddy, see where he went with it. Then he would give it to another buddy. They would write another chapter and, and you know, it would come around full circle to see, you know, what kind of <laughs> what kind of crazy story you could come up with, you know, and, and add in all the zany stuff that you could possibly get out of. Watch that out for the purple monkey dishwasher. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, they just did that in the comics with the with the command commandy challenge. Yeah. Over at D.C. Yeah. And, uh, and everything I've heard actually said it actually worked pretty well. Yeah, it was interesting. I read it. It was it was some of it was good. Some of it, some of it was eh, but you know, I get, that's I what you get when you do that. Yeah, make it make it a comic book. Ain't making a Star Wars movie. Yeah, very, yeah. yeah. No, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but and also you have to like there are times where like heavy production is such a good thing for a film. Like Back to the Future is probably the best example that you can show of heavy production saving and making a like great film. Um, like. They're like the whole history of Back to the Future is crazy if you don't know about it and you should check it out. But it like a lot of it didn't work the entire time. <laughs> and it all came together with like workshops and and like some testing and yeah, it was crazy. Now, since we're talking about a franchise that's doing sort of a reboot like Star Wars has with the sequel trilogy to some extent and the, the, the standalones, uh, we're kind of also seeing that similar thing in the dinosaur world with Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. <laughs> it, if the directors or the, the Star Wars franchise just borrowed a little bit from the Jurassic franchise with what they've done with their sequel that's also a reboot, could that potentially improve things a little bit moving forward under the Disney era? Um, but Force Awakens was a reboot, Quill. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like you get all the Star Wars movies in one movie. Well, look at what Abrams look at what yeah, Abrams yeah. did with Star Trek. So you yeah. know, now he's kind of brought that over to the Disney World, and you know brought it over to you know Star Wars. And I, I, I mean, I, I like his direction. I, I think he's bringing in a fresh new direction. You know, we, we kind of have to get over getting butt hurt about you know you know what characters he's killing off and 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 you know what what directors you know use their their mad thought process to to change the story to some you know extreme that doesn't fit what we like to see but i think i think overall it needed a fresh start away from the lucas influence as much as i love george lucas is you know he created the universe but guess what yeah. You know, one, two, one, two, and three were. You know, while I liked the movies, yeah. they they were good movies to me. But you know, some of yeah. them were a little hard to swallow. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like you don't work well with others. <laughs> if you listen, yeah. if you listen to a lot of the actors from Star Wars or Star Wars: A New Hope, they will tell you Lucas almost got kicked off his own film. Yeah. 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 I mean, for 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 every Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, you and McGregor casting, you got you know Christian Haydenson and you know as as Anakin Skywalker. I mean, you know, so the 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 first film, the first one, or not first films, but the one, two, and three were just yeah. I, I could see why Lucas nearly you know got hijacked and mutiny. I would okay, just 
really quickly, I would say the only really true failings of the prequels is you never get any Darth Vader payoff. And like that's what we all wanted is to see Darth Vader running around like chopping people up and like like hunting down Jedi's and stuff. And we never got that. And what Until made Rogue it worse? One. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, say, and, just and then like, like everyone flipped one. out. Yeah. But, and what Snippet. made it worse is at the very beginning of Attack of the Clones, they undo the need for Episode One immediately. They're just like, "Hello, yes, we're friends, and we go on adventures, and you're a totally different actor, and you're way older now, right? Yes, ha ha ha, great. Hey, there's a girl that's the same age now. Hello, girl, same age." Oh, we love each other. Like they got rid of like that was it. You didn't need that was it. You didn't need the first movie. And right. so they had they had the space to make a Darth Vader movie. And that's the thing. Like that's their biggest failing. Um, but other than yeah. that, we should, just, we should just forgive them now. Um, <laughs> we I forgive guess you. Since we're getting close towards the end of the show, final topic to discuss. Uh, there is there, there has been a call for Kathleen Kennedy to step down. Now there's rumors saying that she may be stepping down on her own. Um, do we think this is premature to be talking about this? Because the, the reason why I say that is when in 2012, when the, the merger buyout, whatever you want to call it, happened, they announced there's going to be six films starting in 2015 through 2020. We're going to have the six films, the three episodics, three standalones. And the only true standalone that got mentioned was the Han Solo film. Um, so do we allow her to finish off this, if we want to call it a phase, a f the, the Disney mm. Lucasfilm phase one that's been kind of laid out by L George and then see what happens with the Ryan Johnson trilogy, with the Game of Thrones trilogy, with Favreau? And and get like what JTC was talking about. Let's expand beyond the characters we know. I would actually be happy if Dave Filoni suddenly stepped into her role and took over. That would be interesting. Just as a just for the viewpoint of I'd like to see what he would do. See, I like that idea, but I like uh, how um, this is going back to comic world again. A lot of comic um, companies, Marvel, DC, have a separate president to run the business side of the company. Then you have your publishers that take care of your story. Yeah, let her. I she has done awesome with the business side of Lucasfilm. But as I said earlier, she is not a story person. She's not a writer. She's a producer. So let her run the company. Let her do the business side of the company. And then, yes, bring in Dave Filoni, I think, would be the perfect person to put in what I what I said earlier, that Dave, Kevin Feige role. And yeah. let him actually run the story side and actually just make sure that everything here is a cohesive Star Wars story. Yeah. Right. Run well, it yeah, separate. How could you possibly um, just run like the all the other companies? Yeah. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, Steven. Uh, but – uh, thought there there was talk too when naming Kathleen Kennedy head of Lucasfilm, her potentially being groomed to take over for Iger when he steps down as yes. potentially at the at the big step up there because now mm -hmm. she'd be in control of all of Disney. Um, I. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would work. Whether that I could still see that happening to me, yeah. I'm just kind of biased on the whole thing because, from my viewpoint, she hasn't made a misstep yet. I think, I mean, Solo could have been a totally awful movie with them firing their directors and starting all over, but they pulled it off in the end. They made a good movie. Uh, it they didn't make their financial success. That's more in terms of marketing, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, Disney, though, it's a very interesting company if you're going to be the CEO because you've got to not only think of movie studio, but you've also got to think of television. You've got to think of the parks. Uh, so, I mean, I think she might be OK to work in the movie side of things, but you might want to have some other people who are overseeing the parks and, and, and some of the other parts. Let it never be forgotten yeah. also that, like, the movie business is not about making movies. It's about making money, it's about selling merchandise <laughs> and selling toys, yeah, right. and selling T-shirts, especially Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, merchandise DVD, sales, yeah. merchandise sales have been down actually. So, and yeah. I think that's because how many versions of a character can you buy? How many times? Like, it was one thing when Star Wars only came out every once in a while. So you're like, I gotta get everything, but because it goes away. But then when it doesn't, you're like, oh well, I don't need a lightsaber right now. I can buy a lightsaber at any time. <laughs> I also think some of that is um, Hasbro. Itself. Because how many how many horror stories do you hear about Hasbro not having what anything that they said they're having is you can't find it in the stores. <laughs> Oh, I just went through that. Or you get ten of this figure and none of the, none of the other ones. I, I don't know if John's gone through this, but I've I've just gone through this with my daughter with the Forces of Destiny dolls. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka. Oh, I, I you can one. never find Ahsoka oh. merchandise. I I got Zoe this week. Well, ordered it last week. I actually ordered it beginning of this week from Hasbro.com. They, See, they that's had, the thing though. You shouldn't you shouldn't have to I go online have, and order it. I shouldn't have well, now to. Now we've lost Toys R Us. You're gonna have to go online to get a lot of stuff. But but if you go online outside of Hasbro, Walmart is selling it on their site, and it says sold sold and and shipped by Walmart. They want forty bucks for Ahsoka Forces Destiny doll. Wow! Amazon is going around that same price. eBay going that same price. I paid nineteen ninety nine plus my coupon code for twenty percent off. (coughs) Plus shipping, and I ordered it from Hasbro Direct. Now. Two days, two days later, sold out. It's out of stock on the site. So it, it's Hasbro can't even keep it in stock on their on their own site. I, I think I got lucky, right. but I mean, some of this I'm having to go outside the box stores because yeah. they're just not getting it in. And that's awesome, right? Because we like there wasn't even girl toys, and like they're and they're selling off the shelves. Like like it's awesome that little girls are into Star Wars. Yeah, and where were they when I was growing up? You know, because it was like the unicorn. You found a girl who liked Star Wars. You're like, yeah, or a girl that played video games. You're like, yeah, you know, yeah. my new best friend. So I, I don't know. Every girl I've ever dated likes Star Wars. Well, you're younger than <laughs> maybe, I am. Yeah, <laughs> lucky. Yeah, that's true. That, you okay, know, maybe that's it. Another that that actually makes me think of another interesting thing about the marketing. And uh, I don't know how many of you have watched the the Toys That Made Us documentary. Yes, yeah. uh, I just saw the first episode. Uh, um, if you guys have watched the Lego one, any of you? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Well, in that one, uh, I was actually surprised that Lego has had uh, so many troubles as they've had. But there was a time when they were in trouble, and then they came out with the Star Wars, the first run of Star Wars Legos for um, for uh, uh, the prequels when they came out. And they said that those sold incredibly well, you know, did really well. But then the next year when there was no movie, their sales just plummeted yeah. for the Star Wars toys. So that's kind of like the opposite end of, of there was no movie, so, the, so there was no inspiration for anyone to go out and buy these Lego sets. Mm. You know, obviously so I, I don't have the numbers on anything like that, but – you know, you can tell me that the merchandise sales are down, but you have to think that to your point with the Legos, right? 
back in the day, you had a movie released every three years, and then you'd have a 20-year drought. So you'd have this massive spike. You'd see all this revenue being generated, and then it would eventually kind of die down, and you'd just get, like, people that were buying, you know, the one-offs or things there. Well, now you're going to have a, a steady stream every year, and, yeah, the numbers might be down, but you're getting it on an annual basis. Right, um, yeah. Conjunction, I mean – Again, going back to like the whole Kath- uh, the, the Kennedy situation, there's so many things even more than just merchandise, right? There's like partnerships. There's there's a Han Solo SUV that's out now. I mean, there's so right, many yeah. different things that, from a business standpoint, you know, I mean, I, I I think it's almost unfair whenever I hear people comment on her and what she's doing, and you can you can comment on it. I think from a creative standpoint, and you can say, well, I think maybe the this could be damaging long, the long-term repercussions of burnout or whatever on a creative or on fandom is, is totally fair. But whenever I hear anyone like calling for executives heads or whatever, it's like, guys, right. we, we don't even know a fraction of the reality of what right. is oh, going yeah. on. Yeah. And, and I, I'm getting a feeling that people are calling for it, particularly on Kathleen Kennedy um, and like saying that she's over controlling. And so, you know that um, uh, L337 is like her voice box of like feminism, social justice warriors. And like, it, it's, it's crazy, right? Like I, like I do a, like with on the YouTube channel, I have, I work with women. And so Shannon's comments that she gets are like horrible and people like attack her for liking a character. Like, like, mm. like you're an idiot for liking this character. I clapped when she died and it's like, cool. Thanks for the share. Um, And like, and yet I can make a video being, and it's called men are ruining star Wars. And I get like, like comments of love and like, Oh sweet man. Like totally like that really speaks to me. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> Are we? Do we live in backwards world? Like, why no, am I getting yeah, raised no. for like? Hello. <laughs> it, it, and so and so, I'm worried that people are calling for Kathleen Kennedy because they are blaming her for Rose and all this stuff. That uh, it, it's very. It's, for somebody it, tell me what Rose? What's so bad with about Rose? I don't Rose? know. I, know. I like her. I like yeah. her. Yeah. But I, I think from, from, from what from what I read, she isn't hot or funny. Is basically what their biggest complaint about Rose is. <laughs> like, right. like, I'm, I'm again, sorry. I thought she was. Like, I thought she was funny. Yeah. I yeah. I know I too. So right. Like I I also find like the Droid Rebellion funny. Like I don't know. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, like I, I like, like, too, yeah. Yeah, like that was I, amusing. Like, it's just the. Yeah, Character like, yeah. is just not Everyone, enjoyable. I thought she played a great street man, and, you know, defending yeah. in that, in yeah. that movie. You know, yeah. and it, it just, it, 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 she was a good character. Yeah. yeah. You know, good story, like, too, because her character got there. blown up. See, the other yeah. thing that kills me about that is, you know, they're like, they're complaining about, you know, all the women, you know, too many women, or about whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. we've always had. Princess Leia has always been a strong female character in the movies. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So with the covers I'm doing, right? Like I'm literally going through almost the entire star Wars universe. And I can tell you right now, you start to really realize. Yes. Yeah. There's Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's Lando uh, Calrissian is yeah. a, is a, is a, you know, a non-white character. And you're just like, yeah, like yeah, Mar- yeah. Mara Jade. There's Mara Jade. Don't forget Mara Jade. <laughs> she's not canon. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Yeah. she never yeah. was canon. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 yeah so like, like an opportunity comes up and they're just like, hey, would you be interested in doing like a Lando cover? I'm like. 
hell yeah, I would love to. Just, like, <laughs> it's not either a weird alien or a white dude because that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. you, you should make him a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought he'd be the only person that was well, gay. Yeah, the well, yeah. Actually, was like yeah. Make it a Halloween costume that he was wearing. Make him. Well, you up. saw his capes. Yeah, right. Rocky Horror Picture Show Lando. <laughs> I have to say, I thought Donald Glover actually almost made the solo actor. He almost took me out because he was so good at being Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah, he was. Like, and I, I think at times it, it like because it is a great performance, but I think at times it because he's the only one doing it, it feels weird sometimes to me. Um, right. But like that's not a complaint against him because I know what he's doing and I've loved Childish Gambino and Donald Glover like for a really long time and have been a big booster. Like <laughs> um, and uh, I, like I love again, I love everything. And so it was but it did stand out and sometimes it's not always good to have a, a standout moments. Well, again, I don't feel he stood out because I felt that the both the writing for Han and the performance of Han, I did not feel that was Han Solo. Everything around him felt like Han Solo. Yeah. But I felt taken out. And again, whenever when they finally introduced Donald Glover halfway or a third of the way through the movie or whatever. He was so good that it actually shined a bright light on the one thing of like, okay, this is not the Han Solo I remember, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. That there, was, was yeah. there, was, there was one point where you could close your eyes and just listen to him talk, and it, yeah. it sounded just yeah, like there, there was, was, a, there was a swagger. <laughs> yep. Now, I, well, I, if they I will go just... ahead with that Lando movie they rumored about, you know, I, I'm all for it. You get Donald Glover in there, play a young yes. Lando, follow some more stories about Lando's adventures. Yeah. I, I would watch it. And he's a Disney darling, right? He's been in every single Disney production um, that they've ever, um, like in every studio. He's worked in every single Disney studio. I don't think he's done Muppets. <laughs> Actually, he's been on Sesame Street. <laughs> not Muppets. <laughs> Although that is the uh, children's television workshop and not actually. Oh, that's not okay. Muppets. Characters, that's not actually that owned counts. by Disney over there. I still think there. I did a good job. It's still, it's still Creature <laughs> Shop, but it's not Muppet franchise. Now, I will, I will disagree with one thing about uh, Alden and his. Aaron, right? As as Han, <laughs> while he is not doing a Han impersonation or a a Harrison Ford doing Han impersonation, he does get the smaller quirks of Harrison. Yeah, okay. yeah, and not yeah. the and not the big trademark quirks of Harrison. He gets those little subtle things. Some of those yeah. looks well, that he also, gives. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and even, even, even the smaller uh-huh. hand gestures. It's like, yeah. okay, this is, it, it, it's kind of the, the essence of, of Harrison, but it's not Harrison. And it, yeah. Well, so like one of the things with the movie is right. It's taking place. He shouldn't be the cocksure character that Han so- that Harrison Ford's Han Solo character is in the original trilogy because he's not there on it from a narrative standpoint. He hasn't reached that in his life. He's just getting started being like he's been an outlaw, but he's been like a street urchin, if you will. Yeah. Up to mm-hmm. So narratively, it makes sense. The problem, I guess, for me was just that because you're you have a new actor being surrounded by all this familiar stuff, including right. literally a guy that is a dead ringer for Billy D. 
You know, you've got <laughs> Chewbacca. He looks like Chewbacca. The Falcon looks like the Falcon. Everything looks right. That it, Because his character wasn't narratively in the place he was that I was familiar with. It, again, it just shined a light. I'm, I'm not trying to say he did a bad job or even the writing was bad. I'm just saying it was very noticeable to me that he he felt out of place in, because everything else felt so right in the movie. Yeah. But I, think, I, think, I think no matter what actor you were going to put in there, it was always right. going to feel kind of odd. And I think he did an all right job. Like like he said, I don't think he was as good as a fit as Donald Glover was with Lindo Calarisium. But at the same time, I think he did pretty good. I mean, for for such big shoes to have to fill. Right. Mm-hmm. Heck, I think heck, it, even uh, Shia LaBeouf just joked about doing it by picking up a hat and people were like, don't you dare. He had to do the thing. Yeah. Even, even Harrison at the end of the film said, no, not yours yet, kid. Yeah. <laughs> so well, um, and we're from more familiar than one... with Harrison Ford than we are with like Billy D. Williams. I mean, Billy D. Williams, he's done a lot of stuff, but we right. haven't seen a whole lot of his stuff. Harrison yeah. Ford has remained in our eyes. I mean, through Indiana Jones and Star Wars and all the other films that he's done, we're we are so used to Harrison Ford that we we have expectations. But Billy D. Williams, we've maybe seen him in a couple Star Wars movies. Uh, maybe we saw Brian's song, but we probably haven't seen a lot of his other stuff, mm-hmm. so we don't have as yeah. much. That we expect, and so it's easy for somebody to just like, oh hey, even if he would just went, give me a Colt forty five, we wouldn't be like, hey, it's Billy Williams. <laughs> well, the, the, the Lando character is in kind yeah. of the same place he is in Empire, right? Like, he, there's no, there's not much of a difference in his character. <laughs> Truth from now, from right. this movie. Yeah. Then there's yeah. a huge difference in Han Solo's character as well. There should be because he's got to grow and he's got a good feeling about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I the mean, other one that um, people don't talk about as much. You now, um, Donald Glover did a great Lando, but one of the characters we've seen in Star Wars more than anybody but the droids is Chewbacca. Mm-hmm, and it yeah. seems like people are uh, the general population. I don't think even noticed this is a brand new Chewbacca. I mean, we got he was Jonas took over in episode seven, but. He's a dead perfect Peter Mayhew Chewbacca. It was noticeable to me because it was really cool to see Chewbacca running around again. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. like – Yeah, yeah. right. I think I, the cops yeah. are coming for you. There were red lights that went right past yeah. your window there. Yeah, I'm in my office. So. <laughs> well, the, uh, but the, the mannerisms, the way he walks, the way – just the little looks in his eyes even. Because Chewbacca is – people don't realize how expressive just the eyes in Chewbacca are. Jonas is almost perfect here. <laughs> you know what I really liked about Chewbacca and Solo was seeing him fight. Because, I mean, he tore some people up. Now. Yeah. 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 people into the ceiling, oh, yeah. pile driving. Yeah. And they brought, they brought a little, that ultra, the little bit of that ultraviolence into it. Off, you know? Yeah. 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 great. Yeah. He got to open what? up a can of Wookiee on him. <laughs> what, I, what I liked the most about, the, about Solo was right at the end, because now you know who shot first. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. right? And and what a what a love letter to the fans. And yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, like we should treat them better. In a, in, <laughs> in a New Hope, he only you shot. Right, thank you letters to oh, Kathleen Kennedy. Now, and in Solo, he shot first. Um, exactly. So to wrap it up for this episode, I want to start with Stephen first. Final take on Solo. I mean, I'm probably the outlier here because I really had zero complaints coming out of seeing Solo. 
everything worked for me. And, you know, it's kind of a shame that the box office and some of the, the media outlets and stuff with the, you know, coming down because I would have loved to have seen sequels. I thought they had a great cast, with a lot of potential, and it could have been fun to see more stories. And maybe it'll happen. Uh, Dale, final take. Oh, um, thanks for giving me a fun Star Wars movie to enjoy. And uh, everyone needs to chill. <laughs> Jim, final take. Hey, listen. I I remember the draw the, the the drought years of of after uh, you know after Return of the Jedi. So guess what? Every Star Wars film that I get, yeah. I absolutely love, and and I I love to see everybody's little take on it. I thought Solo was a great film. I thought it, it delivered exactly what it needed to. And hey, you're not going to get every little nuance right, but you know what? It, you know when I come out of there and I'm satisfied that I saw a good film. Hey, it's Star Wars, baby. Jeremy. It's it's really just fun. And we even got a really interesting villain uh, with, oh, I forgot the actor's name all of a sudden. Paul uh, Bettany. Um, yeah, Paul Bettany. Uh, even for having a small bit, getting to see, you know, because I, I haven't seen him in a whole lot of things other than, you know, playing Vision. And you get a completely different character from him in Solo. Who he's he's got that little bit of charm to him, but he's downright kind of scary in this. Mm-hmm. So I want to give a shout out to like Woody Harrelson and Paul Bettany. Uh, Amelia was kind of okay. I think I think they needed to write more stuff with Kira because she seemed flat and one dimensional of hiding something. And I guess we got something at the end, but I felt like they had a story they were going to go somewhere, but they didn't go anywhere with it yet. So I'm hoping we get to see more of Kira to really flesh her out a little bit more. But overall, I mean, there's some interesting characters you're going to enjoy. It's fun watching Han meet Chewie and watch that develop that developing friendship. I want to see some more of Chewie's tribe or family uh, because we get to see them briefly in there. But, you know, there's so much stuff that I could see them branching off that really if you go in there and you just have a good time, you're going to enjoy it. You may not think it's the greatest Star Wars movie you've ever seen, but you're going to think, I had fun. I'm glad I came to this. John. Uh, like I said, uh, I loved it. I mean, I really, my, my gut reaction, I would probably say I enjoyed this one. I had more fun. My gut reaction, I enjoy this more than any of the Star Wars movies probably since Force Awakens. So, Derek. Didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we lost Derek. I'm, Was he here also? I'm actually, I'm actually not going to talk about Derek. how I felt about it. I'm going to talk about how my wife felt about it because she's not a huge Star Wars fan. She's only, you know, she'll go to see the movies with me and she enjoys them and stuff. And she she came out of Solo really, really enjoying it. She really liked it a lot. Um, and of course, my, my wife did, too, actually, it. just to, to, just to attach on to that. My wife said the exact same thing, said it was her favorite one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I would say that that that's a success in my book. I, I enjoyed it. I had a big smile when I came out of the theater. It was a fun movie. And that's what I wanted from it. And that's what I got. <laughs> so I'm happy with I'm very happy with it. Ken. Well, as I said last week, and I've said uh, elsewhere, that um, this movie, uh, fun is not a four-letter word. It seems like everybody, <laughs> all the critics, all the critics and everybody seems <laughs> to say that fun is a negative. Like, a, oh, a movie was, if they can't figure out something better to say, they'll say, oh, a movie was fun. But that's what Star Wars is always supposed to have been. Um, at some point, it's become right. life and death for people. But it's like Star Wars <laughs> is just fun. It's Saturday matinee movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it's what not. this was. This was perf- This was the perfect Saturday matinee movie. The first two 
acts of the of this whole movie is stuff we already knew what happened. We just found the details of how it happened. Yeah. We know the um, chrono the order it happened in. The there was no new facts. The third act flipped it on its ear a little bit, but the third act sets up like a Marvel um would does with their movies with the post credit scene. The third act of this sets up five or six different directions that they can go with this universe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that this was the, the way you do it. For for my final thought, I'm gonna say because I. I really haven't heard anyone mention it on other shows or even in print. Uh, to me, this was the Star Wars Western. Yes, it was. That Lucas yeah. had discussed. He he wanted to throw in. This was that spaghetti Western, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and I was glad to get that Western feel. Uh, and we even get that in the music as well, off and on. Um, yeah. I get that soundtrack. I haven't yeah. gotten it yet. <laughs> They can't. I actually, in a couple moments, I noted I heard like a bit of um, it was the Western tone, but also a bit of like an anime kind of squeal to it, similar to Ghost in the Shell, which is perfect because you know, like you know, cameras. And so, uh, I I, and I thought that really worked well for I was like, ooh, it reminded me of like the Iria or something like that. The Zephyr, you can tell they're going in that somewhat direction with yeah, he's nest, yeah, right, right, perfect. Oh, what a great, what a great anime character that is yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i hate to do this i gotta bring the show to a close i will make sure dale jeremy steven jim john there will be links in the show notes on where you can find these guys and listen to their stuff or pick up their stuff um i'm gonna say i thought this was a great round table until next time give the evacuation code signal I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I lost R2.